All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Tombstone, written by Jerry Conway with art by Sal Basima, and art from Mark Bagley, an early Mark Bagley in the Spider-Man universe, in his early Spider-Man stuff. And this is a good story to kind of get you guys introduced to the character of Tombstone, or if you guys have seen him from, you know, Spider-Man the Animated Series, or Spectacular Spider-Man, or even the PS4 Spider-Man game, you know, this is kind of where he started. This is kind of like the initial story, and it kind of shows you that he's not just a one-and-done kind of villain. Like, he has depth. He's a guy that, you know, when written, you know, Jerry Conway really, you know, took care to make sure, like, yeah, this guy is a credible threat. And just the writing of his character really exemplified that. So, before we kind of like jump in, I'll kind of go over, you know, Jerry Conway, Salvasima, and Mark Bagley real quick, just to kind of give you guys an idea. So, Jerry Conway's biggest claim to fame is he was the guy that did the death of Gwen Stacy. You know, he was the guy that came immediately after Stan Lee on issue 100. You know, he he was the guy, the chosen one, that was that took over Spider-Man that was looked at as the next Stan Lee on that term, next to Roy Thomas. You know, those were the two guys. And Jerry Conway really kind of just took the ball and ran with it. He also created, you know, the Punisher. He, he really took the advantage of, the, you know, Peter Parker college years is what he really what he really focused upon. And when he returned, this takes place in I think if I recall, I think like 89. I think it's when all these issues were being written up. So this takes place if you're curious about, you know, Marvel, I guess the Marvel timeline. This takes place just before the an X-Men Inferno event, which really, you know, was a line-wide event for a lot of Marvel and takes place after it. So Inferno is involved in the book and you kind of get to see a little bit of what did Spider-Man and, you know, him and his, you know, extra care, I guess say his other characters really got to go through during that. And the story besides being one that really focuses heavily on Tombstone, you kind of get into like, see how it was at first, is it deals with the dichotomy and story that came up between Robbie Robertson, who's one of, you know, Spider-Man's cast, along with, you know, along with just kind of his past with Tombstone. You find out that him and Tombstone, you know, they grew up together kind of. In a way, you know, he had known Lonnie Lincoln. He was about to report him into his high school paper, do an expose, and he got confronted and bullied into deleting it. And then, you know, years later, you know, when Robbie was working for a Philadelphia newspaper, he saw Tombstone and murdered murdered somebody. He had changed up his look a little bit, sharpened his teeth, made himself look more like a bruiser and enforcer type guy. And he ended up committing murder, and Robbie saw it, and Robbie didn't say a word and it really kind of messes with Robbie and a lot of this, you know, it 
all spawns back to the web of Spider-Man, which early in the book they do kind of bring back. But the story kind of just from there just goes and just shows you in a lot of ways kind of what torment can really be, or I guess what mental torment someone can kind of go through when they want to do the right thing, but they're scared of a bully. And that's what more or less the story kind of deals with. You know, of course you have Spider-Man and he's got his powers and everything like that. And you do get to see, you know, Spider-Man fight Tombstone and he more or less beats him. This is before Tombstone gets exposed to any chemicals or anything like that that makes him like invulnerable, can't really feel pain. He's stronger than he normally is, stuff like that. So this is basically when he's just like, he's stronger than most men, but he's not as strong as he does get. He's more or less just an enforcer for the kingpin. You know, he's a he's a hired killer during this time. But he's not dumb. He's very smart. He's calculated. And you get to see that within this whole, you know, story. You get to see just that, again, he's not a one-off villain. He very much is this guy that is thought. He, like, he thinks. He makes correct moves. And he makes sure whatever move he does make really and truly is a very calculated one. And that very much is caught in the writing of Jerry Conway. And it's great. Now, the artwork from Sal Basima. Now, people were kind of curious who Sal Basima is. He, he's... His big, he's among biggest for his work with Spider-Man. He's done Thor. You know, his brother was John Basima, whose big thing was with Silver Surfer. You know, him and his brother, John Basima. You had Sal and John Basima. I think Sal might still be alive. Last I checked, but let me double check while I'm thinking about it. But I don't think he is. I know John passed last I recall. Let's see. Yep, no, he is still... No, he is still alive. So, he... You know, his big claim to fame was doing, you know, books for Marvel. Thanks to his brother, John. They both have very similar styles. And it really translated well to Spider-Man, to Thor, so on and so forth. And it really worked to their advantage. So that was really kind of where he got big in. And he definitely has a very, you know, the Marvel method style and it very much works. He didn't have anything glorified. He wasn't anything like Todd McFarlane or Eric Larson, but his style worked for the character and it, you know, it did what was needed. And then you also get, I think one or two issues of a very early Mark Bagley on Spider-Man, which, I mean, most people consider Mark Bagley to be the key. It's between him. No, I don't even think there's anybody else. I think it's literally just Mark Bagley is the definitive Spider-Man artist for a lot of people. And it's just, he has that look. He's just nailed the character. But figured I wanted to kind of jump back in before I kind of went back and kind of jumped everywhere. So... The story really does deal with, you know, more or less, you know, 
Robbie Robertson and Lonnie Lincoln, which you also get within the story, you know, Tarantula, who was a early Spider-Man villain. You get Hobgoblin, who during this time you're dealing with the Inferno event, he ends up speaking with one of the demons that was involved during this time with the X-Men. And he ends up getting more or less changed into more of a demon face, or he's kind of getting more changed demonically. And that's how you get the character of Demo Goblin, which he's not one that gets a lot of talk, but he was definitely one that, you know, he had a very interesting look and he could definitely cause a lot of problems for a guy like Spider-Man. So that's kind of where that whole thing kind of the idea sprouts off from. You also get to see, you know, John Walker, Captain America. You get to see Boomerang. You get to see a lot of different characters you don't really normally kind of get to see in their traditional and traditional stories you see nowadays. Most stories either with the, with Spider-Man, it's kind of usually focused around usually Hobgoblin, which one of the stories was, Hobgoblin, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, and usually they're among the, the top guys that usually are focused upon. And if you ask anybody, you know, who's read Nick Spencer, Dan Slott, most of them usually have, you know, it's either Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, or Doc Ock. And it's not a bad thing, it's just those are among Peter Parker's, like, or I guess say Spider-Man's biggest rogues gallery. This kind of gives you that chance to really see some extras and see kind of the early story that kind of brought him up there. And just kind of seeing a more college, older Peter, like a in college slash older Peter who's really focused more on photography. You know, his life's kind of going good. You know, Mary Jane's a model. You know, Peter's selling his book about Spider-Man where it's more of just a photography book. And things are looking up for Peter. You know, he's going from state to state. You know, he's he's dealing with different things. He's not just limited to New York. And it was interesting to read because I had never read the stories until when I got the book. And for me, I'd always been curious about the character of Tombstone. I always thought, you know, interesting name. I've had one of the Marvel Legends of him. I've played, you know, Spire and PS4. I've watched the animated series. And then... You know, I've seen bits and pieces of Spectacular Spider-Man, which, yes, I know I probably do need to watch that series because apparently that's like the definitive Spider-Man cartoon in a lot of people's eyes. But I digress. You really get to really and truly see kind of a different time within Peter Parker's life as well as see, again, the dichotomy between Robbie... And Tombstone, you know, Robbie's journey to really, you know, overcoming the fear of his bully to really, you know, know that like, yeah, even if I go down, like he's going down with me, you know, he can't hurt me if I'm willing to step up and it backfires at first. Robbie does get his back quote unquote broken, but you find out later that it is sprained and you could see Robbie Robertson's journey to becoming 100% again to him really you know, going back and confronting Tombstone again. And like I told you guys earlier, Spider-Man and Tombstone do have one of their first initial fights. Tombstone shows he's smart 
and that he's clever and he's better than most one-off villains that normally would be written around that time. And, you know, it shows something different. You know, Peter still, or I say, Spider-Man beats him, and he outsmarts him and just shows, like, yeah, dude, you're strong, but, you know, I I owe you for what you did to Robbie. You know, I'm not I'm not playing the games with you. And, I mean, he takes it to him. You know, you also find out that Tombstone been, again, Tombstone's been the enforcer for Kingpin. You know, he's working for people, and he's been very smart and calculated about everything he does. And it really gets played up within the story, as well as you kind of see other stories, and you kind of get to see a little bit of what the Kingpin's been kind of about during this time. You know, Kingpin's big thing was he's showing he's the Kingpin. He's the underground boss. And you just kind of see a little bit of, you know, him trying to take out some of his competition. And you get to see that within the story Spider-Man has with the Punisher, which is a fun story. And it's one that, you know, you see some very interesting things happen, which I thought was fun. You know, it's kind of the usual Spider-Man and Punisher story. Nothing crazy, but, you know, it's a fun, quick, it's a fun, I think, two, three issue story. And it, it's worth reading. I'll definitely say that much. And honestly, it just, this book really did surprise me. You know, it's not long. It's maybe like 11, no, it's like 13 issues about. So you guys can, most people can kind of run through pretty quickly. But I think it's a good time capsule and it gives you guys a good chance to really, again, see the early stories of Tombstone. See, you know, different things you guys don't normally get to see within the Spider-Man universe. Because recently, it really has been so focused on Green Goblin or Doc Ock or Hobgoblin and so on and so forth. Because they are the biggest villains for Peter Parker, Spider-Man, but at the same time, you know... You kind of want to see a little something different, or at least know there's other villains out there. So, definitely it's a recommend. Definitely it's one, like, if you're somebody who's just looking for something different to read, I think it's, like, less than 20 bucks when I got it off Amazon. It's definitely worth picking up, worth reading, and just kind of just giving a quick read and just kind of seeing what old continuity of Spider-Man used to be like. And kind of just seeing the multiple different problems he had to deal with. And kind of just seeing his life. It very much... Like, if you're somebody who who loves, like, classic not 80s and 90s Spider-Man, I definitely suggest you guys read it. Especially if you've never read it. I definitely suggest, you know, reading it. It's worth it. So, that being said, thank you guys for listening. As always, you guys can find me on... Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff at Nerd Stuff with Ian. And you guys can also email me at nerdstuffwithian at gmail.com. And uh, you guys have a great day. Later.